0: hey everyone um, this is my first time working with this so please bear with me if I make any mistakes it's awesome to be a part of this community and um, especially when it's been a raw couple of weeks in our world so I wanted to share something that um, it really impacted me um, in the first year of my faith and it's really come back to me um, with the with the events of these last couple of weeks so, I'm hoping that it can it can touch your hearts like like it touched mine. Um, I'm going to speak slowly today, just as I share this. This is something that I'm still working on applying to my life. So I'd like to absorb what I share with you um, in my own mind once again, just because I things are easier said than done. So I'd like to continue to absorb it in my own mind, even as I share it. Um, in 2012. I was a new Christian in my first year of faith, and I was on fire, eager to change the world, ready to go out and and right the wrongs. Um, I'd served in the military for over a decade. And during that time, I felt like I had had I could look back at chances that if I was a Christian, I would have done things differently. And obviously we can't go back and change the past, but I really wanted to affect the future. And even right the wrongs I felt I'd done in, in my life. So I was roaring and ready to go. And while I was in Bible college, I came across an obscure passage. And, and it really helped me in that time. And I've tried, worked to put into practice the words of Christ. If you want to open it up, if you're on your computer, you can even type in this passage. It's from Luke 13. And it's Luke 13, 1 through 9. And it's a time of Christ. I'll read it to us. At that very time, there was some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way that they are worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, see here for three years, I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree. And I, and still I found none, cut it down. Why should I be wasting the soil? He replied, sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Now in Christ's lifetime, Several people tried to pull him into politics of his day. They asked him if they should pay taxes. They asked him what should happen. And in this case, they're saying, look, Pilate killed these Galileans. And this is actually a time where the the Roman governor of Judea, he went in and and he killed these Galileans in the temple as they're making sacrifices. And they wanted Christ to take a stand politically, just as they did with taxes. They, They wanted Christ to, are we better or are the Romans better? And who are you going to support? It's interesting that Christ do- here doesn't, doesn't take a side. Now, it doesn't mean that what happened was right or wrong. But what he does is he changes the focus to the people who are asking the question. And first thing he wants to point out to them is look, do you think that their suffering means that they're worse sinners than you guys? Do you think it means that they're worse sinners than anyone else? His point here is that everyone is a sinner, and we're in a suffering world. And he pulls attention to the people asking the question. He says, let's get you right first. This impacted me because in my first year of faith, I really wanted to go out and change the world. But at the time, I wasn't healthy enough to go affect the change. As I speak, I I tear up because there's just such a passion in this world of people who want to go protest the wrongs and I, and I can empathize with that my whole life. I felt this need to, to serve in the military, to, to affect people and and for the better. And it's easy to get caught up in that passion. Even as we've dealt with the, the killing of, of George Floyd, it's easy to get caught up in the passion. And in that, being caught up in the passion, these people are saying, Christ, there's a wrong. People were murdered. Whose side are you on in this? And he's saying, wait, let's improve you first so you can be effective. It doesn't sound, it it may sound selfish at first, but it's actually the only way you can truly be effective is to deal with yourself first. It's been amazing that Nels has had us going through emotionally healthy spirituality. A, a few people, he, he got me hooked on the book. And part of the point is you can't be effective until you're emotionally healthy first. It echoes the words of Christ in this passage. So you can do one thing, you can neglect your fruit and you can run off and be preoccupied with protesting all the wrongs and trying to take sides. Or I believe what Christ is saying here with the parable of the fig tree that has no fruit. You can work on your fruit and your fruit will change the world. These people were saying, Jesus, choose a side. Us or them. Look at how bad they are. And Jesus is saying, we're all sinners. Let's work on ourselves so we can affect the world. The message that I believe can be taken from this is in the midst of the Chaos in the midst of the activism, the pain, the anger, don't lose yourself. Don't neglect yourself. Back when I heard this in 2012, it tempered me. It made me slow down a bit. I can't say I've followed this perfectly, but I've sought to apply it to my life. And I've sought to take this. And even in these last couple of weeks, I've been very motivated to go out and, and Just be a voice, be a voice on sides that I think both mean well, on sides that I think are many are doing the best they know to do. But I've realized I can't get lost in that. I can't lose my identity and my own health. I think it's important to look at a passage and realize the historical context of it. What Christ was staring down the barrel of when he was in his ministry was there was a destruction coming to Jerusalem in 70 AD. And history tells us that not a single Christian died in that destruction. One historian said that because of Jesus's words, every Christian escaped the destruction that the Romans brought upon Jerusalem in 70 AD. And so when you consider what Jesus is saying here, he's talking to Jews who have not chosen to follow him yet. And he's telling them, look, if you don't follow me, there is a destruction coming upon Jerusalem. And the Jews who didn't follow Christ suffered greatly in that destruction. Those who chose to accept Christ and became Christians, they were saved from that destruction. I think it speaks to the pull that the world has to get caught up in all the politics and the side choosing and not loving past boundaries. Because you can get so caught up that you lose Christ first. And when you lose Christ first, I believe you you lose that repentant turn and you can fall into the destruction that the world has. The Jews tasted the destruction of the Romans in 70 AD and Christ said, if you follow me first, you'll be saved. The barren fig tree, it's interesting that the, the next verses six through nine talks about the, the farmer that had this fig tree and it wasn't bearing fruit. So often we can get frustrated. Why are these protests not, not helping with justice? And the police can say, why is our work not, not correcting the justice in the world? All the sides can look to this and they can say, why is fruit not coming out of it? The parable is interesting because the farmer is ready to just be done with the tree. But the gardener says, wait. Let's wait longer for some fruit to come. So often I can get impatient because I do want to go affect change. I want to go protest. And I can lose focus on my own emotional health, my own walk with Christ. I can get frustrated that I'm not down the road further than where I am now. I can even get frustrated at, I as a fig tree that should be bearing fruit in Christ, if we're going to follow that illustration, can get frustrated at the lack of fruit that I have to this point, because I want to be down the road further. But Christ the gardener says, let's give it more time. While someone would look at a fruitless tree and say, you know what, why am I wasting space with this? The gardener is God. The gardener's Christ says, no, there's more time. Obviously, Christ was speaking where there was a end date in mind. As a prophetic spirit, he, I believe he knew that 70 AD was coming. There was so much anger in Jerusalem that the uprising against the Romans was inevitable. And so that was coming to a boiling point. And so Christ is preaching a word of rescue, a word that says, look, the politics of the world, it's Jews versus Romans, it's everybody, it's the Jews versus the um, other races in their own area, and Christ says, just focus on me, bear fruit for me, and he gives them more time as the fig tree to bear that fruit not only does he give the give the fig tree more fruit more time to bear fruit he even says i will do the work to attempt to get more fruit out of the tree the gardener says i'll dig around it i'll put manure on it i'll fertilize it i will do what it takes for there to be fruit It's amazing to me the love and patience of God. I turned 40 on Friday, so maybe that's why I'm a little emotional today. (laughs) I've taken stock of my life, and I've realized how good God is. This passage seems so packed with information from God. A message not to get caught up in the world and lose myself, which sometimes we need permission for that. We need permission that says, if you need a timeout to focus on yourself, go for it. And Christ here is saying, let's do that. Wait. Yes, there was injustice done. Yes, the Galileans were slaughtered. That can be dealt with. But first, what is first at hand is you and your spiritual standing. Then he says, it's okay if you're not bearing fruit yet because I will dig around you and I will fertilize you and I will get you to bear fruit. I hope this word touches you guys. The message again that I've gotten out of it is that again, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of the suffering in this world, in the midst of the calls to a side, The pain, the anger, the voices, the chaos of the world. First and foremost, Christ is calling us to him. And he's ready to give us what we need to bear fruit. Don't neglect what Christ is giving us, the work he's doing for you to bear fruit and getting distracted by the world the protests that are going on and everything. But bear fruit, the fruit may look like going to protest. The fruit may look like these videos that I see of people embracing police officers and police officers praying for protesters. The fruit may take you into the world, but don't let the world take you from the fruit. With this thought, I, I thank you that you let me share today. I look forward to the years to come with everyone here as I'm turning 40 and hopefully I've got several more decades ahead of me, Lord willing. Let me pray for everybody and I'm going to turn it back over to Nate. Father, I thank you that in in nine verses, you can share a message with us that is so timely to today. That you would care first and foremost about us before you care about us running off to seek anything else. That you would dig around our roots as a fig tree in the illustration. That you would fertilize us. That you would be patient with us as we work to bear fruit. Would you touch everyone here in the midst of this chaotic world this raw time, it's an honor that you have brought me to a place where I can even share with these people about a few verses. Thank you for the blessing that they are as a community. And would your hand be over everyone? Amen. I'm going to hand it over to Nate, guys. Thank you so much. And it was an honor to speak with you.
1: thank you Jason Let's say uh, I close with uh, with a, another song Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well Jesus is calling? No, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness. For with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. You'll come to the altar. The father's arms are open. This. Bow down before Him, for He is Lord of all, sing hallelujah, Christ is risen, We'll come to the altar. Others arms are open wide. The is bought with the precious blood Jesus Christ. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this church family. God, as we move into the, the coming week, God, may we uh, just strive to see the world through your eyes. God, that we would love others the way you love. God, may, may we go into this next week with a sense of hope and of peace knowing that you are still in control. Yes, this in your son's name.